0: Your goal is to create happy customers who mm-hmm. then create other happy customers. So congratulations. Here's what I'm doing. The best of the best have won the We're selling, going, going, gone. So congratulations. Let's have a look at the facts. What's your goal for the next six months? Israel Palau. Israel Palau. Why I'm talking about this is I read an article yesterday in The Australian... And um, by Alan Jones, out of all people, Alan Jones. And uh, let me just run through a couple of the key points. So number one, let's make it very clear: Israel Falal, there are always two sides to the story. The first thing I want to say to you, let me make this clear to you right now. I am not a supporter of the way Israel Falal said what he said on his social media post. If you haven't seen it, just go on Instagram and read it. And more or less, he's basically turned around and said, if you're an adulterer, if you're a drunk, if you're a homosexual, if you're a fornicator, if you're a liar, and there's a couple of other groups that have been mentioned, that you will go to hell unless you repent and you won't be saved. So I've got to tell you, there's a lot of people affected. So what I did is I wanted to make sure that I got the absolute um, definition of a fornicator. And a fornicator is anyone that has had sex outside of marriage, which I would suggest is a large group of people, including people at high school as we speak right now, and including, of course, uh, most of you or many of you uh, uh, that are watching this rant. Um, scroll down to the bottom of... What do we got here? Scroll down to the bottom so it will update automatically. Okay. So, uh, yep, 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 yep. John Edwards, religion-free speech is saying, Tavy, amazing new look. Thank you so much, mate. Yes, I'd like I'd, I'd you to ask, do you prefer... By the way, guys and girls, do you prefer a plain background... One thing is for sure, we're using um, high definition. Gordon, can I confirm that? We're using high definition? Yes. High definition. What I'd love to know is whether you like the concept of having, you know, a sort of image at the back that we did. Like last week, we had the brand. Today, due to Susan's suggestion, we're having the beach. Um, Anyway, let me move on. Let me move on. So, number one is, I don't support... Israel Falal. Number two, I don't like double standards. Never like double standards. And it appears in this instance, even though Alan Joyce hasn't said anything from Qantas, who is the CEO of Qantas, it appears from what I read, and it appears in this article from Alan Jones, that Qantas feel very strongly that Israel Falal should be punished and have his contract terminated for what he has said. And Qantas have, in previous years, been very strong on social issues. But what I find interesting, what I find interesting is the same organisation is happy to have alliances with uh, countries that operate airlines that have Sharia law and... um, The words that Alan Jones used, and I'm just going to run through those here because he's far better at um, writing and he's far better at speaking. And uh, he's got an incredible ability to articulate things. So I'm just going through my iPad here where he talks about... uh, Here we go. Okay. Um, Uh, Sorry guys and girls, I'm just trying to find the uh, right part of this uh, uh, Well, there's quite a few things I want to talk about here And uh, I'm just having a look here Um, The only person we have not heard from So I'm quoting, I'm quoting Alan Jones in The Australian Yesterday The only person we have not heard from is Scott Johnson. He has been back almost a month and he's silent. Where does he stand on the matter? Does he think that it's okay for Qantas to sign contracts with nations where homosexuals and women are treated abnormally? I haven't even said that right, but shit, that's what it means. Yet we are prepared to ostracize, demonize, punish and banish an Australian who has done nothing wrong other than state his beliefs. And it got me thinking to myself that, hey, you know, there are rugby league players and other sports people that have hit women, have sexually assaulted other people, right? And um, this thing here where a guy has simply had freedom of speech, which you would think that one of the things that, People are really screaming about is, you know, people, sh- you know, that he shouldn't say these things. But in fact, it's the same group of people that are saying that um, we should have diversity. And um, so that's an interesting comment there. But I think that, you know, Israel Falal, like it or not, like any. So, so the first thing is, let's be very, very, very clear about Israel Falal, He hasn't actually bashed a woman. He hasn't done some of the shit things that you hear sports people do. This guy has put a social media post. It probably has not been done in as a compassionate way that it could have been done. But regardless, what the guy's doing is stating his religious beliefs. And you've got to understand that in um, uh, the country that he comes from and um, where he's born from, Pacific is very religious people. He acts as a role model for a group of people. On the same hand, on the same hand, I totally get it. If you're a 13 or a 14 year old person that has got same sex attraction and you're really confused with this whole world, everything okay, Gordon? Just scroll through the bottom. Scroll through the bottom? Is it Susan telling you to scroll through the bottom? It no, will automatically update. Okay, beautiful. Okay, no problems. So all we're basically saying is that. Um, you know, he's he he. if you're a 13 or 14 year old person, I get it. If you're really confused about your sexuality and, you know, you're you, you, you obsessed with, you know, rugby union and you think Israel Farrell is your hero and he goes off and he says this, I totally get it. That could be damaging. So there's probably a better way that it could be, you know, um, articulated, um, even as a Christian. Um, um, but on the same token, he's also a role model to a lot of people that uh got uh, that are uh, christians um in um you know all you know uh, tonga samoa um all those countries so um i suppose in many ways i don't agree with what alan jones alan, alan jones has been really strong about it um i uh um uh but I certainly don't agree with a lot of the people that are just jumping out saying, you know, this is a, 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 an uproar. I think there's always two sides to a story. Um, and, but most importantly, what I've got to say to you is that I think um, double standards, you've got, to, you've got to look out for those. And um, I think Alan Joyce has been silent. He should probably say something. In the situation, and so should the uh, the guy that they Scott Johnson. He's been he's been very shy about it, but uh, that's my uh, that's my fifty cents worth on 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 this issue. But can I just say to you, like to me, I know this sounds weird, but I've always had insomnia. I've struggled with sleep for a long period of time, and I've got to tell you, if I ever want to fall asleep, I'm blessed when I'm able to turn the TV on and as I'm falling asleep, watch some Rugby Union in the recent years. Because it's boring. It's more boring than the AFL. It's more boring than football, meaning soccer. It's far more boring than watching a good game of NRL. And um, as far as I'm concerned, um, Rugby Union's got a lot bigger problems than Israel Folau. They've got a shit product. Um, um. yeah so what sport Gordon what sport do you follow mate sport do you follow a sport table tennis, table tennis. and badminton, and badminton. Yeah. that's a real you're from China aren't you Hong Kong, Hong Kong. Yeah. that's a real Hong Kong thing isn't it table tennis and Asian sport <laughs> Asian sport yeah you play you play table tennis here yeah sometimes yeah fun. where do you play it Play in the city? Yeah, That's amazing, isn't it? We've got Gordon and we've got, you know, Susan's Chinese as well. Susan, do you play any sports? Just let us know. Anyway, let's uh, let's upgrade these new comments here. Okay. Um, da-da-da, 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 da-da-da. Anyway, with regards to religion, there will always be different news. Hi, crew. Uh, thank you so much. Guys, let's move on to the next subject. You know what i to talk about now? I want to talk to you about, hey, let's talk about this. Have you ever been in a situation where you've had a headache, right? You've had a headache and it's killing you. And you go to the medicine cabinet in the bathroom and you open up the medicine cabinet. And what you look for is, um, you know, you look for um, Panadol And all you find is, you know, like um, uh, um, shampoo, or you find hand cream, or you find some other antibiotic leftover tablets from when you had a virus. Or you find you know, hair products or you find um, some aftershave and you're scrounging around and all you're looking for is Panadol and you don't find it, right? And the headache is killing you. The pain is enormous. So what you do is you hop into the car and you go to the closest chemist, right? You go to the closest chemist. And then you go in and you get Panadol. Guys and girls, at that point, would you agree that you're not looking at what the all costs. You're just not sitting there negotiating with a pharmacist or a chemist. You are just wanting to get rid of the pain. Well, guys and girls, that is the sort of selling that has got cut through. The cut through selling is when you're able to target pain versus selling benefits, And what I've got to say to you is that the best salespeople I know have got this ability where they don't compare apples with apples. You see, when you're up against a competitor selling apples with apples, price comes into it. And a lot of the times what people do is that, you know, when you enter the commodity dungeon and they look at it, hey, an apple is an apple, let's pick the cheapest of the apples, what great salespeople do is actually play the game is, hey, hey, this is not an apple, but you're actually getting an orange. And gang, I can't stress the importance of you being um, someone that solves a problem. And if there's not a problem there, you actually articulate a problem that is potentially going to happen that the client wasn't even thinking about. And I know that one of the most successful things that we've ever had in our real estate gym is the guarantee. When you have a guarantee of service, when you go off and if you're a real estate agent and you list a property and you say to the vendor, hey, by the way, I'm letting you know that you get tied up when you're with a real estate agent for three months, but with us, it's different. We provide you a guarantee of service. And if we don't fulfill these minimum commitments, you can actually write to us and, con- and and break our agency agreement and go list with another agent. You won't have to wait three months. And I have to say to you, a guarantee is a problem solver for a lot of people. A lot of people are gonna to think to themselves, shit, what happens if I do get sucked in by a real estate agent that really gets me excited at the time of listing and then I'm stuck with them? And then um, they start hitting me with the bad news. And Well, I've got to tell you, the guarantee of service is the cure to that problem. So Susan, make sure we've got the link there for our real estate gym members to have access to the guarantee. Real estate gym members, um, go in there. It's explained on how to use it if you're not using it. Very, very important. For many time, Many times, it's the game changer in getting the listing. Let's move on. Uh, we've got a new 24 comments. Let's just have a look at this. Thank you, Susan's put that in there. Um, by the way, guys and girls, we do have the Real Estate Gym open. So Susan, put that link in there. I love to be, you know, I just want to remind people, basically what we're talking about is for two to three coffees a week, I act as your real estate coach and we do face-to-face. You get a daily email. You've got, you know, hundreds of scripts, template systems, dialogue. We've gone off ripped off and duplicated every bit of content in the last six years that has got more listings and sales for people and we put it together there and we work with you in a private Facebook page um, where you get exclusive real estate content. Like, you know, I've got to tell you, you got to, you know, sometimes people are actually being paid the wrong commission schemes and that's what we were talking about when we had our private Facebook video on um, Thursday last week. So that there, my friends, is the issue of targeting pain versus selling benefits. So what does a modern salesperson look like? The modern salesperson look like, let me tell you what the modern salesperson looks like. It's really simple. The modern salesperson looks like this. The modern salesperson is this. Number one, they are intelligent, and they're not high pressure. And the modern salesperson, I think, is curious. And the modern salesperson has got the ability to explain complicated concepts really easily. And the modern salesperson never uses a thousand words when 50 will do. And the modern salesperson is someone that is always educating a client and has built a relationship with a client long before they're actually pitching for the business. So there's a trust there. And the modern salesperson is someone that is not always closing, trying to get business of people. They're understanding that they're playing the long game. And the modern salesperson is less about high pressure and more about compassion. That is what the modern salesperson is. I have to tell you, I am just over the moon. When Susan gives me the data on how we're tracking on social media in the world, You know, when I look at the people that I compete against, Gary Vaynerchuk, like as of last Thursday, we did a search in there where we put in the people that we know I compete against. And I've got to tell you, coming third spot, Gary Vaynerchuk, Tom Ferry, Tom Panos. And you've got to remember, I've got to compete with only 25 million people in Australia. So what you'll increasingly see me doing is spending more time overseas. I'm doing a lot more talking and speaking, and we're signing up a lot more real estate gym members in UK, New Zealand, USA. And uh, this year I'll do 17 conferences overseas because I'm thinking big. I'm thinking to myself, I need to play the numbers game and it's also helping me with research and development, getting content um, where I can actually... uh, Because, you know, at the end of the day, Australia is got... It's a certain demographic, it's got certain amounts of people And um, I need to play the numbers game. But of course, I'm going to keep, you know, living in Australia, but I'll be spending a a lot more time uh, taking overseas conference engagements, which I wasn't doing previously. So let me move on and just talk to you a little bit about, you know, what it's been like driving a Tesla for a month. So I bought a Tesla. So, and and Gordon's interested in this. And actually, I've just had my booking come through. I am speaking at a conference in Greece Hooray! And I've just had my confirmation come through for my accommodation. So what's it been like driving a Tesla for a month? Firstly, let me tell you, I am not someone that is a car buff. I'm not the sort of person that loves hearing a loud engine. I prefer something that's quiet. The second thing I'll say to you is, I've never ever been someone that's bought car magazines or spent too much time you know, reading on automotive content, even at my time at News Corp, where I had a lot of access to, you know, editors in um, cars and people that worked in uh, that category. It was not something that I really engaged in. But I was listening to Elon Musk one day and Elon Musk got my attention and I said to myself, I am going to take a Tesla for a test drive. And I have to tell you, the Tesla is the closest thing to my lounge room. I've always said it. The modern real estate agent needs to have three environments. A home environment, an office environment, and a car environment. Those three environments that are conducive to doing great business. And um, four weeks into driving a Tesla, I have to tell you that here are the things that I love. Number one is not going to service stations to put fuel. Love that. Number two, it makes me feel good a little bit inside that I'm doing something towards the environment. I feel good about that. Number three, um, I have to tell you, I love how fast it is. I just love, you know, Gordon, it just takes off. It just takes off like it's like this. It's just like this em car on steroids, right? So I love I love the speed. I love the fact that you can just go really really quickly. Next thing that I love. Um, I'm scrolling down here, which is what you want me to be doing, correct? Scrolling down, looking at the comments. Okay. Um, the next thing is I absolutely just love the big screen because I am far more tech interested. That car interested Just love the screen Podcast Music Spotify Live internet Just love it The thing that I like the most out of everything Is this window It's like you are actually Part of the road It's not like you're isolated The window is so big right You actually feel like you're actually Part of the road And everything is so clear Love that um uh, other things that I oh, look, you know the doors, those Falcon Wing doors? I like them. I like the Falcon Wing doors as well. Some people think oh they look stupid or they're weird, they make no logical sense. I don't. I love them. And I believe that more people in real estate should be driving a Tesla. I really do. I think that if an agent takes a Tesla for a drive, they're gonna fall in love with the way it feels, it just feels so quiet. You know, the other thing is I found out like because the car got delivered to my house when I was in London and I didn't know how to use it on Thursday. So I've sort of picked it up myself. It's very intuitive. But I went to Tesla and I said to them, when is it due for a service? And they said, your car never is due for a service. It does not need to get serviced. Simple as that. There is no servicing. He said, the only thing you've got to do is worry about changing your tires every few years like Norman. So I really don't know about brakes. How on earth, like brakes, are, that's the other thing about brakes. The car drives, you've got you put it on the accelerator like a dodgeum, you take it off a little bit and the car slows down to a halt. So that's why probably why you don't need to use brakes. Now charging, let me tell you about charging. So If you go to Broadway Shopping Centre, it takes you 20 minutes to charge your car. And that is near my home, so that's worked out well. But realistically, I just charge it at home every four days. Like, I reckon every four days, I put it in at night when, you know, I come home, and then I wake up in the morning and it's fully charged, and that gives me about three or four days. So, um, yeah, I would say um, thumbs up. It's been a month. Normally with a car, I'm excited for the first three or four days. I actually look forward to getting off a plane and driving the Tesla. Let's move on. What else are we going to talk about? We've talked about Israel Palau. Oh, customer lifetime value. That's what I wanted to talk about. And someone said to me, what's the best way to be getting new business, new business all the time? I said, listen... Before you ask me what's the best way about you getting new business all the time, can I ask you, what is your current what is your current customer lifetime value? And he said, what do you mean by that? I said, it's really simple. Do you realize it's 21 times easier to do business with someone you've already done business with or their friends or family? Because the trust factor is already in there. 21 times more, 21 times more. So why on earth, when you've sold a property and you got your final inspection before settlement, why wouldn't you make sure that you sit there and you go to the property and you don't send your assistant or if you do go, you don't spend all your time sitting on the phone. Have a look through, have your final look. These people here become your raving ambassadors. Spend an hour with them. Give them a gift while you're there. Help them. I don't know. Give them a coupon and say, here's the local restaurant. Oh, here's what we've got. We've got someone that's going to come in and help you. For a day when you move in, I don't know, spend 150, 200 bucks. Do you realize that this person is going to tell the whole street you're the best person to deal with in real estate? Because it's this thing called the peak end effect, and what a client remembers is the last experience that they had with you. And so many great real estate agents that do everything great, screw it up. Tom Panner style, fuck it up at the final inspection because all they want to do is realize that they're not making any money at that final inspection and they treat it like shit. And I'm saying to you, you got to start thinking about the customer lifetime value concept that you get a client, it's easier to keep a client long term and have their friends and family. Let's move on and talk to you about the laser versus light bulb strategy. The laser versus light bulb strategy, and I'm gonna to come to you in a moment and talk to you about this database that we've got. We got it to 30,000, and then what we did is we cleaned out all the people that weren't opening our emails or wanted to leave, right? And we've got it down to 23,000 clean data. How did we do that? Really simple. We used the strategy which was, we would constantly be educating the market. We would constantly be giving people free content that was useful. And that's what this is as well. Sunday Night Rant has been part of the strategy. But the biggest strategy has been, in 2004, I started doing a blog on what do million dollar agents do? And that content went out free of charge, free of charge. And then we naturally built this database of 30,000 people because we were giving them content and we continue to do it. We continue to do that on social media. And then we know that we've got a certain group of our community, thousands of them, who are actually in the real estate gym that get all these extra things being part of the community. And we priced it at a level that it was gonna be a no-brainer for them because we knew that it would be only one listing a year that if they got, if they were part of this community and they got all the extras apart from the you know, short videos and they got the longer versions of everything and they got the templates and systems and processes and checklists, which brings me to the next point and listen to me very carefully and that's why I'd love to have you in our real estate gym because a great product, is gonna make you money, but a great system is gonna make you a fortune. Think about it. A hamburger from your local shop, if it's a good hamburger, it's gonna make you money, but a repeatable process and system like McDonald's is gonna make them a fortune. Remember that. Guys and girls, the laser light bulb strategy. That's some, By the way, if you're enjoying this content, can you do me a favor? Can you please press the share button? There's a share button and share it to groups, share it to friends, because one of my strategies has always been if you can provide value to people and the people think you can provide value to people, you should actually ask them to share it, because people are sometimes, let's call it just slack, and they think it's good, but it matters to me, guys and girls. It matters to me. Press that share button or tag someone. Let me move on and talk to you about another concept, and that is the laser versus light bulb strategy. And one of the conversations I'm constantly having um, with real estate gym members is how do they become, how do they become a world, how do they become the Gab Rubenstein of their marketplace? How do they become a rock star of their marketplace? And a lot has to do with the concept of, are you a laser or are you a light bulb? You see, electricity, 100 watts, and 100 watts of electricity can actually burn through steel. But the same thing, a light bulb of 100 watts can light up a huge area. It's the same amount of power, but the difference is laser narrows in and focuses. Whereas a broad-based light covers a bigger area, but is actually less relevant, less powerful, and easily not to get noticed. So what I say to people is this, and it's a strategy that I chose to have in my life. Early on, when I was going to go out there and do a lot of speaking in not just real estate, I was going to use uh, uh, a message. So by the way, there are three things you need to know about getting cut through. Message. The message, what is it? that you're saying. And for me, was this message was, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. You're a media company, run an attraction business model. And I could have used that concept across all industries, automotive, finance brokers, lawyers, doctors, plumbers, accountants, personal trainers. But then I chose markets. Narrowing the market, which is, so hear what I said. I said, message, market. I narrowed it in and said, it's so much easier for me to actually totally dominate, be the clear leader, be at no-brainer level, be four or five times everyone else in engagement, in speakings, in bookings, in coaching, in uh, being sought out by narrowing and just focusing on real estate. The third thing was the media. What methods would you use? Television, less so these days. Facebook, absolutely. Live stream on Facebook, what we're doing now. Instagram, 100%. LinkedIn, yes. So guys and girls, Email marketing, 100%. So they're the three M's. Message, market, media. Get super clear on that. Let me keep moving on. How are you, Gordon? You travelling well? Hello, Karen Terry, Leanne Williams. Thank you so much, Bernard. So many Steve Georgiakas, Will we'll tra- Real Estate Gym will transform you. Guys, I'm passionate about it. Hey, yes, I know I make a buck out of it, but I gotta tell you, I'm at the stage in my life, mate, where I'm gonna run out of uh, time before I run out of money, and having a legacy, changing people's lives, creating people that were getting one or two sales a month and now getting six or seven. I've got Real Estate Gym members that are doing 230 sales a year, right? That makes me proud that I've been able to impact. And I don't for one moment say it's because of me, but what I know is I've been an enabler because I've given a lot of these people that haven't had a recipe, haven't had a plan, haven't had a blueprint, haven't had a template, haven't had the scripts, haven't had a methodology, and I've been able to put that on a platter and say the question is not are you able. The real question is are you willing so then we've complemented it with making sure that we just worked on the psychology because we know that people go from the heights of exhilaration to the depths of depression on 24 hours. And we know the importance of psychology, particularly in a marketplace like this, where people are getting smashed. They're being smashed, turnovers down, prices are down, yet there are so many great real estate gym members that have gone in and increased their business by 10%, 15%, while others are doing half of what they're doing or leaving the industry. So let's keep moving on. What are the other things that we're going to talk about tonight? Let me have a look here. Customer value, one month after driving a Tesla, we've covered that, the laser, apples versus oranges. Yes, so gang, I think that we're about it. Guys and girls, do me a favour. Will you please... Press that share button if this has been useful for you. At the moment, what am I reading? What am I reading? Well, I can tell you what I'm watching. I'm watching a Netflix documentary uh, from Brené Brown. which just come out. Recommend that. I think it's uh, Leading with Courage. She's the, the, the person that uh, wrote the... Uh, the uh, she's, she's the person whose TED Talk vulnerability... Um, just you know went hit, you know off the charts, so uh, go re- go go watch that uh, documentary on Netflix so guys and girls, I want to thank you so much, take care and always remember if you ever have the opportunity if you ever have the opportunity to be kind, be kind to someone because you could be the only person that is to that person and i 've got to tell you um, at a time like Easter where you get to reflect you get a bit of time off you begin to think to yourself you know um, am I the best I can be Um, and trust me money here's a deal about money money is like telephone numbers and um, it never ends and um, if money is what you think is going to make you happy I'm telling you straight You're always going to be striving, 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 but never arriving. On the same token, I am going to put a little asterisk down the bottom and say money won't make you happy, but the absence of money means that things might be sort of bumpy and shitty along the road. So, you agree with that, Gordon? Okay. So, uh, guys and girls, thank you so much. Signing off. Speak soon. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and girls. You can join me on Facebook for the live Sunday night rant every week at 8 30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. And if you're in real estate, just Google Tom Panos and you'll find a heap of resources and interviews where million-dollar agents share their strategies. See you next week. Let's have a look at the facts. what your goal the next it-